All right, let us go ahead and open up with the service. We get into the word. Had a good time of worship without the words. We improvised. God is good. I hope y'all weren't too lost in there like I was at some parts. But uh, challenges us to learn the word. Um, <clears throat> the message today, <coughs> excuse me, is entitled "We Are at War." We are at war. This is a uh, good message. I enjoyed preparing for it. I enjoyed what the Holy Spirit shared with me. And uh, the message itself is uh, there's a war taking place right before our very eyes. All day, every day, there's a war continually going on. Every minute, every hour. Though we did not start it, we are all without a doubt a part of it. The message is intended to make you more aware of this war and also to get you to think about where you are in this war. So let us begin. Heavenly Father, I adore you, and I thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to speak to your young people, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would humble me, Lord, that you would make me small and little, Father, that I would rely on you for complete guidance, my God. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would do something radical inside of the hearts of each and every individual in here, including myself, my Lord. Father, that we would be closer to you, Father God, that we would be enlightened, Lord God, on the uh, reality of the spiritual warfare that is taking place every day. Father, have your way in this service. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can <coughs> I clear this out? Thank you. There's a war that's taking place in the spirit realm. It's a spiritual war. According to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Jessica? Oh, it ain't working. Oh, I had a whole list for her. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of the wickedness in heavenly places. See, it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against human beings. It's not against Christian. I'm not battling with you. I'm not battling against Jane Doe and John Doe, Larry and Moe, all them people, if they're homosexuals, I'm not battling against them, even though they're homosexual. That's why I don't have anything against them, personally. I love them. I want to see them committed to God, just like I want to see Ryan committed to God, just like I want to see Christian committed to God, just like I want to be committed to God. I want everyone to serve Christ, because I understand that there's not life apart from Christ. Even though you live and breathe and you have a heartbeat, that's not true living. There's a spiritual war going on. It's not against the flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, rulers of darkness of this world. That's Satan. Powers and principalities. It's the principle. It's the pride. A lot of times we can't decode this with feelings or emotions is what we ended up calling them. But it's powers and principalities. It's, it's pride. It's jealousy. It's, it's anger. It's Sometimes when you get in an argument, I don't know if you guys can recall, maybe with your parents or your siblings, me, my spouse, it's like, sometimes I don't even remember, I don't even know what we're arguing about, but it's like, I have to get this point across. It's just a principle. It's a principle that's causing so much strife, it's causing so much division, it's causing so much heartache in my marriage, and all I'm trying to do is prove a point, because of pride. It's the principle of it all. That's what we're battling against. My wife, I don't even remember what she did wrong that caused me to be upset. If she did anything at all. But it's just that principle. That's what we're battling against. 
There's a spiritual war taking place. Know the enemy. You've got to know your enemy. See, when you go to the army, you go to the Marines. When you go to war, you have to know your enemy. If you don't know your enemy, then you don't know who you're fighting against. You don't know how to defend yourself from that enemy. You see, whenever our troops over there, they see, you know, the Taliban look, uh, you know, that, that dress the way they're dressed, you know, they're dressed a certain way, they talk a certain way, they walk a certain way, they're knowing their enemy. And when they see someone like that, they begin to be on guard and get suspicious. They're like, okay, what's going on here? I need to be prepared to defend myself. Thank you, Mo. Thank you, um, So, we have to know our enemy. There's three enemies that we have. And it ain't your mom, it ain't your, 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 your parents, it ain't, you know, the person who called you their names, it ain't, it ain't them. It's not flesh and blood, remember that. We can't forget that. The Bible says that it's not against flesh and blood that we wrestle against, but it's the world. We talked about this on a Wednesday night, some of you may remember. The world is an enemy. Okay, I'll, I'll explain. I'm not talking about the trees and, 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 and the sun and, and the grass. I'm not talking about that. The devil is an enemy. And then your flesh is an enemy and the spiritual war that's taking place. So the world, how is the world an enemy? The sinful, rebellious, rebellious world system is the enemy. It's the system of the world. You know, there's always trends, there's always uh, movements that the world is okay with and everybody seems to accept it. For instance, and I'm going to keep tailoring on this one because it's the one that's just so obvious to me, the homosexuality movement, if you will. Our world, our society, is making it something that's common. It's making it something that's acceptable, yet it is completely unacceptable on God's standards. And that's what we live by. As a child of God, we don't live according to the standards of this world, even though we're here and we obey the laws because we don't want to give God a bad name. God says you obey the laws of the land. We do not budge on the standards of God. For instance, Daniel, back in the Old Testament, during his time, the movement that was around was King Nebuchadnezzar was worshipped. You couldn't pray to another god. You had to pray to King Nebuchadnezzar. You had to worship King Nebuchadnezzar. But Daniel, even though that was the movement that was taking place at that time, the world, that was the system of the world at that time. That's what everyone was doing. It was acceptable. It was expected. Daniel said, I refuse to bow down and worship you. I refuse to pray to you. And I will pray to my god. And he did it. And he paid a penalty. He got thrown into the fiery furnace, but God sustained him. Um, so, uh, or, no, he didn't get thrown into the fiery furnace. He, he got thrown into the lion's den. I'm thinking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Thank you for correcting me. That, was, that wasn't quick enough. No. Yeah, it, uh, he got thrown into the lion's den, but God sustained him. He didn't get eaten up and devoured by them lions. And you know, them lions were probably hungry, but he had the angels with him. Um, but he didn't submit to that world system, he didn't bow down. He did not stray away from the word of God because of the system of the world that was taking place at that time. See, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of movements, there's a lot of trends, there's a lot of fashions, there's a lot of expectations for people to act a certain way and be a certain way according to the world standards. That's the world system I'm talking about. And it's corrupt and usually it's contrary to God. This is the world that loves darkness and hates light according to John 3.20. Governed by the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. The prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2.2. 2. Who's the prince of the power of the air? The devil, Satan. Prince of the power of the air, okay? He's going to and fro. He's tempting people. He's just trying to cause havoc everywhere he goes. That's what he does. He enjoys it. And he's going to have his place in the 
lake of fire. And he, I hope he knows it. I think he does. I don't know. I guess he just doesn't believe in the word. We are told, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. According to 1 John 2, 15. So what does this mean? Don't love it. Don't store your treasures up here. Don't fall in love with this world. Don't fall in love with what this world has to offer you. Immorality, fame, temporary riches, popularity, that kind of stuff. We can't get consumed with that. The Bible says do not love the world or the things in the world. So we have to have our expectations set on what? On heavenly riches. That's where we have to store up our riches in heavenly places. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God, according to James 4.4. 4. So if that's what you like to do, if you want to have all of that stuff, if you want to just be accepted in the world, you're not concerned, you're willing to compromise the Bible, you're willing to, to, uh, to be unrighteous, you're willing to depart from what God's standards are because you want to be known by somebody or you want to be accepted by a certain crowd and you're longing for that attention to be put on you, you're longing for that acceptance, you're longing for that fame, that popularity, those worldly riches, you're longing for that, that's where your heart is, that's what your heart's committed to, that's what you're in love with. And the Bible says that whoever is a friend of the world, that type of world system, I'm not talking about Mother Earth, we all love the trees, you know, we all love nature, but if you're a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. So choose. There's a spiritual war going on. Where are you at? Are you on the side with the world? Or are you living spiritually minded? Not carnally minded. Focused on God. Focused on his word. Checking everything to make sure it lines up with scripture before you partake of it. Before you participate in it. Being humble and meek. Not concerned with you getting all the attention and all of the acceptance. The other enemy, the number two enemy is the devil. He was your spiritual father before you joined the family of God. Okay, that's what the Bible says. John chapter 8 and 44. That's, we're all born into sin. Children of wrath, walking in disobedience. If you are not submitted to God and committed to God, then you are not a child of God, which makes you a child of wrath. Period. That's the way it is. John chapter 8 verse 44. Ephesians 2.2. 2. It also talks about, I'll go ahead and go to that text. Some of this text I wanted to have up here. You guys have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. I'll give you guys a second for those who have your word. But he was your spiritual father before you joined the family of God, according to the word of God. Ephesians 2, 2. There's a spiritual war going on. There's a war going on. There's a battle. We have to be aware of it taking place we can't see it we ain't battling against things we can see you can feel them though Ephesians 2 2 in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who works and the sons of disobedience in verse 3 among whom you were also once among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and we are by nature children of wrath just as the other. You get something on your mind, it's all about you, 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 it's going to please you, it's going to help you, it's going to benefit you, it's all about you, and you go for it. Compromising the scriptures, compromising your relationship with God, compromising your be holy as I am holy, commandment from God, compromising all of that 
because you want to satisfy you. You're satisfying this lust of the flesh. You are walking in disobedience as a child of wrath. It's all about Jesus. It's not all about Chad. It's all about Jesus. It's not all about Jessica. It's all about Jesus. It's always all about Jesus. It's always all about Jesus. Humility. He came to be sin that we might become the righteous of God. As soon as you understand that, as soon as you accept that, it's no longer what do I want to do to make me happy. It's I was walking in sin on my way to hell to spend eternity apart from God. God sent his son to die for me. Now I can have a relationship with God through this sacrifice, this death that I deserve. Now I'm going to submit my life and commit my life to Jesus in totality. It's not all about what I want. It's all about what Jesus wants. Why? Because I was going to hell and now I'm going to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. It's always all about Jesus. So Jesus called the devil a thief. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. John chapter 10, verse 10. The way to overcome him and his demons is to make sure that you are outfitted, that you are suited up, that you are geared up, that you are clothed in the armor of God, according to Ephesians chapter 6, 14 through 18. We'll get into that. The third enemy is the flesh. The flesh. What is your flesh? Right here. Alright? This is your flesh. It's the lust of the flesh. This is what we're born into. The heart is wicked. Period. We're all born into sin. This is your sinful nature. Your sinful nature is the flesh. All sin begins in the heart. Proverbs 4.23 and Matthew 15.19. We think before we sin. The mind is a data processing controls panel for the eyes and the ears. You get that? You think before you sin. Your mind is a data processing control panel for the eyes and the ears. There's a saying in the computer world, garbage in, garbage out. You want your computer right? Well, don't be going to all these junk sites that have malware and spyware attached to them. You don't even know what you're opening. It ain't a trusted site, whether it's sexually immoral or not, whether it's advertising junk, whatever it is, don't open it up if you don't know what it is. If you're trying to spark your curiosity, guess what happens? You open it up, your computer gets filled with all this junk, garbage in, and now your computer won't work the way you want it to work. It's going slow, it's jacked up, junk's popping up on the screen, it's all messed up. You're frustrated, you're upset. Why? Because you filled it with junk. Garbage in, garbage out. The mind is a data processing control panel for the eyes and the ears. If you have a mind to do, if you have a mind to, you will be attracted to the world and all of its sin. Your mind is going to be what you make it. We already know we're sinful at heart, so what are we going to desire? Sinful things. Rebellion. I want to do whatever makes me happy. Right there, boom, I'm a sinner, I'm done. <laughs> whatever makes me happy. No, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. Did you forget? It's not about you, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Okay, so our hearts are sinful. Now we have this mind where we think before we sin, right? So what are we going to plug in? What are we going to put into this data processing control center? It all comes through the eyes and through the ears. And if we allow sexual morality, if we allow unrighteousness, if we allow deceit to come into our eyes and our ears, whether it be by video, whether it be by TVs, whether it be by music, whether it be by hanging out with the wrong crowd and listening to all the junk they're talking, that's totally unrighteous and contrary to God's word, whether it be any of that mess, and we put it in our eyes or we put it in our ears, it is implanted in our mind, and guess what? We have to think before we sin. So now we've we got this junk going in our mind. we got this junk that's up there floating around, and our hearts are already wicked, so now we're just feeding it. We're feeding it. 
Or we could do what? We can clothe ourselves with the word of God. We can make sure that we are consumed by God's word. We can make sure that we are consumed in prayer. We can make sure that whenever we watch a television show, we understand that it's got these certain, certain ratings to protect ourselves. Okay, I know those standards are getting lower and lower and lower. PG-13 is like doggone rated R to me. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So you still got to be careful. Um, but we have to be strategic and intentional about what we're doing because it's going into us. It's going into us. It's going into us. The Bible warns that the lust brings forth sin. So you got this lust inside of you. It's going to bring forth sin. And whenever the sin is conceived, it brings forth death. So don't feed it anymore. It's already there. Don't feed it no more. Don't feed it no more. It's already there. And once it's conceived, it's going to bring forth death. Once it's birthed inside of you, you had this notion to do what was already wrong. And now you are dwelling in it. You are actively participating in it. You are dying in your sins. You are dying in your sins. And Jesus has forgiven you and called you out of darkness to be holy as he is holy. So that's why it's unacceptable for you and me and everybody else that calls himself a Christian. Every day that we have life, we have a choice to sin or not to sin. That is the question. The answer to the question of sin is the fear of God. If you don't fear God, you will sin to your sinful heart's delight. You're a sinner. What do you want to do by nature? Sin. If you don't fear God, you're going to sin to your delight. I did it before I knew Christ. I was sinning, doggone, I was, I was the sinner of all sinners. And I know I didn't do half the, half the stuff as bad as what they did, but that was my arrogance. I was happy in doing what I was doing, and I, and I, said, I started up said, I'm going to be the best at what I'm doing. I would boldly tell that to my friends. On, on 420 day or whatever, which is the national pot smoking day, I would, I would say, you know what? And we did. We, we went and we, we, my buddy, he was talented. He, he rolled up a blunt that was like this long. You, we, could, we couldn't even get any smoke out of it. It was, yeah, he, he was he was talented because I could never roll, but he did. And um, it was a it was a talent. He, he he rolled he rolled them quite well, if you will. Anyone who could take like eight blunt papers and roll it all up into one is pretty talented uh, in that regard. Um, but why did I do that? I went and bought the most and had the most because I said, ma'am, I'm going to smoke. I'm, I'm going to be the best weed smoker there is. Sounds stupid, doesn't it? <laughs> I did it. And I said it. And I lived it for like six years straight. Every day, all day. That was who I was. Ignorant. But what was, I had a, I had a question. I had, a, I had, a, I had a, a question that plagued my mind. Am I going to sin or not sin? I didn't know Christ. So I was doing it in ignorance. Unlike all of you, all of you have been in the church long enough to hear the gospel preached to you. I shouldn't say all of you because we have young, young China here, young lady, a visitor, guest, um, who this is the first time I've been able to speak to her. I don't know what her past is, but most of us, the majority of us, have been in here, have been in the church, hopefully being taught by your parents, the word of God. So you're accountable much more than I was. Not to downplay what I did, because what I did was wrong. But I really didn't know Jesus. I didn't grow up in the church. But I still had, a, I still had a, an, an education. I still had a knowledge of what was right and wrong. I still knew that what, what I was doing was not right. Um, so the answer to that sin is the fear of God. If you fear God, the Bible says, By the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Proverbs 16.6 that fear of God, when you understand that the creator of the universe 
the creator of the universe has a requirement from you to be this way. Man, whenever, whenever my, the owner of my company has a requirement, you better believe that everybody in that company is on their toes getting it done. I mean, you can have your supervisor come say something to you, and it's like, okay, you might lollygag a little bit and get it done, you know? But when the owner of the company comes in and says something, you're on it. Why? Because you want them to see how you want them to see you're a good worker. First of all, you want to keep your job, and you hope maybe for a raise too, maybe get a little promotion. But you are on it. Whenever you know that the creator of the universe is requiring something from you, and whenever you believe it, that will bring the fear of the Lord. Especially whenever his requirements have a reward, and whenever you are directly disobedient to those requirements, you have a reward as well. And when you know what your reward is on both sides, you begin to fear the Lord. Because RJ, you don't know if your day is today, and you don't know if your day is tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to live to be 80, or if you're going to live to be 20. You don't know. Eternity is not in our hands, it's in God's hands. Jesus said, and I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that they have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say, you fear him. Luke 12, chapter, chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. So Jesus is telling you himself, look, man, these people, they can come to you, they can kill you. Remember, it's not a battle against flesh and blood. That's why you don't go around killing every homosexual. You don't go around killing everyone who, who's, a, who's a thief. You don't go around killing everyone who's sexual and moral because you ain't battling against them. You're still hoping that they'll repent and turn from their wicked ways. You're still hoping that, that they will see the light. You're still hoping that they're going to change and submit to God. You're still hoping that kind of stuff. So Jesus said, look, don't fear all those people that can kill you. They're going to kill you and do what? They're going to kill the flesh. They're going to kill the body and do what? That's it. Fear the one who can kill you and then take your soul and throw it into hell. That's who you should fear. There's a spiritual battle going on. It can't be fought with physical weaponry. The spiritual battle, it can't be fought with physical weaponry. That's like you saying, man, you know, I'm, on God, I'm in God's army. You got grenades. You got rifles. You're ready to go. And you're ready to battle. And you're ready to fight. You, you ain't gonna, who are you going to fight? It's not a battle against flesh and blood. You're not going to fight anybody with that weaponry. So it can't be fought with physical weaponry. The weapons of our warfare are mighty in God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. You can turn there if you have your Bible. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 10, excuse me. Verses 3 through, three through 6. <clears throat> For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We're walking in the flesh. That's pretty evident, right? I see you guys walking. You know, we walk in the court. We walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. They're not carnal. They're not physical. They're not able to be touched. The weapons of our warfare. What war? The one I've been talking about. The spiritual war that's going on. The battle. The battle for your soul. The battle that the devil, for some doggone reason, thinks that he can win. I don't know. It just doesn't. He, he's an idiot. The the I say he's an idiot, but he's so cunning that he has so many people deceive, de deceive, that are living according to their own lust, according to their own ways. 
But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. That's a good one. So the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God to cast down strongholds, to cast down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Anyone who's prideful, anyone who thinks that they have it all together, they want to tell you the truth because they know. Nah, man, don't, don't be listening to that gospel. This is the truth. Why do you have to serve that God? Look at this. That's what Satan did from the beginning of time. Eat the fruit. You'll think like God. You'll be as smart as God. You'll be able to see. Your eyes will be open. You'll see the way God sees. But what was God saying? Don't do it. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But God gives a direct commandment. The devil deceives. He exalted himself above the knowledge of God. And look where we're at. Doggone sinners. The Bible says, through one man's sin entered into the world. Now we're all sinners. Apart from Christ. That's the gospel of peace. In Christ. We're not sinners. Well, we, we are, but we have victory. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So the weaponry of our warfare is mighty in God. It's not physical. In order for us to stand firm against the plot and the tricks of the devil, we will need weaponry. We're going to need weaponry. Okay, you done told me I can't use a gun. You told me I can't use a sword. You told me I can't use grenades. That was all I had. Now what do I do? Got the answer? Ephesians 6. That's right. That's one thing. That's one thing. But it's all found in that one thing. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. This is the weaponry. I'll break it down here. Truth, righteousness, being prepared to share the gospel of peace, faith in Jesus, being confident of your salvation, which is knowing that you're rescued from the righteous judgment of God, the word of God and prayer. There's your weaponry. Truth. Speak the truth in all things. Why? Because that's what God tells you to do. You're a child of God, right? Okay, well, speak the truth. Don't be deceitful. Speak the truth in all things. Righteousness. What is righteousness? Anything that's contrary to God... Anything that is going against God's commandments is unrighteousness. You study the word so you learn what righteousness is. Righteousness. You have to be righteous. And you use your conscience and your better judgment to, to, uh, to guide you in that area whenever you're unsure. Being prepared to share the gospel of peace. What's the gospel of peace? I'm a dog on a sinner. I'm going to hell. No peace. Jesus loves me, God loves me, he loves me so much that whenever there was no way at all, he provided a way. He sent his son to die for me so that I could have eternal life, so that I could be the righteous of God. So that I can share the gospel of peace with other people, so that those people can be enlightened, so those people can have a relationship with God. That's the gospel of peace, that's peace. If that ain't peace, I don't know what is. That's peace. You're a sinner, you're going to hell, you're going to be separated from God for eternity. But God loves you. He wants relationship with you. He sent his son to die for you. So that you can be in relationship with him. You don't have to be separated from him. That's peace. Being prepared to share that gospel of peace. This is our weaponry. We're talking about our weaponry here. We're fighting against these spiritual things. We're fighting against these ideologies, these secular movements. We're fighting against trends and movements. We're fighting against pride and jealousies and anger. We're fighting against all of this stuff, these principalities and powers. Okay, the wiles of the devil. Whenever he tries to put stuff in your head, you ain't no good. You don't know the Bible. Look at that. Look what you just did. Are you sure you're committed to God? This is what we're battling against. That kind of junk that floods into our mind, that's not of God. Truth can battle against that. 
Yes, I am a child of God. 1 Corinthians 5, 11, and 12, right? And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And his life is in his son. He who has his son has life. He who does not have his son does not have life. So that junk floods into your mind, that principality, that, that, that wild of the enemy, that wild attack of the devil that says, look, man, you ain't saved. Look, man, I received Jesus Christ, okay? Get behind me, Satan. I know I'm saved. Why? Because there's life in the son and I have the son, okay? The truth. This is our weaponry. Righteousness. Being ready to preach the gospel. Faith in Jesus. Being confident in your salvation, knowing that you've been rescued from the righteous judgment of God. The word of God, which is like you held up, that's the sword. You carry that everywhere you go. You go to it. Whenever Jesus was tempted in the desert, he was tempted three times. He was hungry. The devil's like, look, man, turn these stones into bread. I know you're hungry. He was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He went to Deuteronomy, and he said, man, shall not live on bread alone. Get out of my face. He was on a mission. The Spirit was leading him. He was being led by the Spirit. He was doing what God wanted him to do, and God didn't want him to eat at that time. For whatever reason, that's between him and God. He was fasting. Turn these stones into bread. You can do it. You know, he could have done it. But he used the word of God. Prayer. Supplication. Submitting to God in prayer. Crying out to him. Sometimes we don't have an answer. Sometimes we think we're doing the right thing, but like last week we were talking about, you have to be intentional about what you're, what you're doing. And sometimes you can have the best intent, but because our hearts are wicked, we need to make sure... That there ain't no hidden agenda in there. God, help me out. Help me to see this truth. Help me. Is what I'm doing right? Is this really what you want me to do? And be patient and wait for that answer. So prayer. This is our weaponry, guys. This is our weaponry. Ephesians chapter 6, 14 through 18. Everyone is in it, regardless of their personal beliefs. Everyone's in sin. I mean, everyone's in this spiritual battle. Regardless of your personal belief. All these people talking about, I don't, I don't believe in the Bible, so it doesn't apply to me. <laughs> you think it doesn't apply to you? I'm going to go home and I'm going to lament for your soul. I'm going to cry out for your soul because I know the reality of the condition of your soul and it is not good. And you think, you are so deceived, you think that this doesn't apply to you, but this is the truth. Who are you to say it doesn't apply to you? You were created by God. He formed you in your mother's womb. He created the whole universe. And you think it doesn't apply to you. I am grieved for your soul. And you go home and use that weaponry. Or you even do it then. Can I pray for you? I know you say it doesn't apply to you, but let me pray for you. And they might reject you, but that's okay. But you have to understand there's a spiritual battle going on. They don't see it, but you do. You look at things differently. Okay, you see the spiritual battle. It makes sense to you. You understand. This is not of God. This person's deceived. They need Jesus. And then you go home, use your weaponry, you get into prayer, do what you got to do. Or you use the word, weaponry. You use that word to lead him in the word. If he's willing to look at the word with you, you lead him through. Pastor Robert gave an excellent testimony about um, talking to these two homosexuals that have been together for 17 years. And they're two males. And um, they're very openly and actively homosexual. Everyone knows it. And he had an opportunity to sit down with them and open up the scriptures and speak to them about what God feels about homosexuality. Not about what Pastor Robert feels. What does the word of God say? Why? Because he's the creator. Y'all don't need to care what I say. You need to care what God has to say. Okay? Remember, don't fear me. Don't fear man. Fear the one that can send the soul. Okay? Not just kill you, but kill the soul. So he was sat down with them, and he was able to witness to them, and one of them got all upset, the, the masculine version of the man, if you will, and he left. 
and the feminine side of the relationship between the two men begin to weep and begin to cry and said, I never knew God felt that way. I never knew that. This guy, he's, he's always telling me that God's okay with what we're doing because we love each other. That truth, that sword, the word of God was the weaponry that brought down that stronghold, that brought down that stronghold that was on that individual's life. And now, he's got a choice to make. Am I going to continue to be a sinner? Am I going to submit to God and attempt to be holy as he is holy using the weaponry that he has provided for us? So, that was an awesome testimony. That's just an example of how the weaponry can be used. I mean, it is awesome, man. The devil doesn't stand a chance. The devil has nothing on your God. The devil doesn't do anything without the permission of God. I know, I just, I just threw some of y'all off. Y'all are like, oh man, does God tell him to torment me and stuff? Look, I'm just letting you know what the Bible says. The book of Job, the devil got permission from God to cause heartache on Job. God said, don't take his life. He was being tested. And he, with, he withstood the testing. The devil's weak. Your God is strong. The spiritual war is a way out. It's way out of our jurisdiction. We don't have the authority and or a vote to say, I don't want it to continue. So we're all engaged in it, right? We're all a part of the spiritual war that's taking place. We ain't got no right. It's way out of our jurisdiction. It's way out of our authority to say, you know what? Look, I know this war is going on, but I don't want to be a part of it no more. All right? Matter of fact, I think it should just stop. All right? This is nonsense. All right? What's the song? Whoa. What is it good for? Absolutely. You can't jump up with a sign talking about war ain't good for nothing. I don't want this spiritual war to take place. Look, it's going to take place, all right, until God ends it. And he does end it. I actually, I'm going I'm to tell you something. I've never read the book of Revelation, okay? I was able to read some of it during this message. And man, let me tell you, it is a happy ending at the end of, the, at, at the end of God's word, at the end of time, at the end of time here on earth. God is serious. That's why I say the devil's so stupid, man, because he knows the word of God. It's like, man, he just really thinks he's more powerful than God. And God created him. We are born dead in our trespasses and sins. Romans 5.12. Okay, so regardless of your beliefs, everyone is in this war. You're born into sin. You don't have a right to say you don't want it to continue. When we walk in them... When we walk in those sins, as the world does, we are a part of Satan's army, knowingly or unknowingly. We are spiritually dead, Ephesians 2.2. So this war is going on. If you ain't consciously, actively committed to God and committed to his word, then you're on the wrong team. You're on the wrong team. At one time, we all conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath. I read that. That's Ephesians 2.3. Also in Colossians 3.5, it's talking about how at one time we were conducting ourselves in that manner. We enjoyed that. We walked that way. That's what we like to do. I gave you the example of myself. That's what I wanted to do. You could take the example of the homosexual, the ones that pastor our ministry. Let's say that person right there is going to turn from the wicked ways, repent, never engage in that type of activity again because they see that God does not approve of it. That individual was walking according to the lust of their own flesh and were doing whatever pleased them, whatever they thought was right, not going to the word for instruction, not going to the word for guidance, but now let's say they do. You see? 
As long as we walk in them sins, we're separated from God. You being a child of God, that is not you no more, hopefully. You can stop now. Now being saved by grace through faith unto salvation, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we are to abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, and conduct ourselves honorable among men. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. We got this lust that's warring against our soul, man. It's warring. There's a war going on. There's a battle going on. It's serious. It's serious. It's for your soul. I had an 18-year-old friend die in a car accident whenever I was 18 years old. People die. Our lives are not guaranteed. This is not a scare tactic, man. I'm just trying to preach the truth. If we continue in our sins rejecting, rejecting Jesus as Lord and Savior while refusing to repent for our sins, we will always be children of wrath and will never experience eternity with our great God and Savior. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10 through 10, and John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one goes to the Father except but through me. That's Jesus speaking. And the last point is the winner has already been made known. All right? So what do you do? At the beginning, you do this. Basketball game. All right, let's use this. Everybody gets on the court, pick teams. Now you're getting ready to play. You always got the people that want to really pay attention. Like, who's, who's team? Who's team? Who's, what's my team? What's my team? They don't know what team they're on. They don't want to pass the ball to the wrong person. Okay, so let's make sure we understand there's a spiritual battle going on. Okay? Make sure that we understand that we're a part of this spiritual battle, whether we like it or not. It's a glorious thing, actually, because we're on the winning team if you're committed to Christ. And then decide, man, am I living for Christ? Or am I walking according to the lust of my own flesh, doing whatever pleases me? Whatever I like to do, that's what I do. Is that you? That's the questions you ask yourself. Then I'm going to tell you this. The winner has already been made known. So if you say, I'm walking according to my lustful ways, whatever pleases me, I'm going to tell you, the winner has already been made known. Do you want to be on the winning team? And we'll go to the book of Revelations that I enjoyed reading. The devil, death, hell, and anyone not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20, 10, 14 through 15. All things are new according to the Alpha and Omega. It is done, he says. Revelation 21, 6. This is when the new Jerusalem is coming down. Those who overcome will dwell in the tabernacle of God with God, and he will be their God. Revelation 21, 7. And the last point, some will partake of the lake of fire. Some. Revelation 21, 8. And we'll turn there and read it. Revelation 21, 6 through 8. Matter of fact, I'm going to start at verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no pain. The former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne, this is John's vision. John has his vision. His angel's giving him a vision. Now he's looking at who, he who sat on the throne. Behold, this is him who sat on the throne talking. I make all things new. And he said to me, write these words, which are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the foundation of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. In verse 8, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burn with fire and brimstone, which, in the second, which is the second death. It's real. We have a first death, which is physical. We have a second death that we don't have to partake of. 
but some will. So with that said, if uh, if we have any questions, I'll give you guys an opportunity to ask them. If you feel that God has moved on your heart, and you feel like you need to take action because you're not living the life that you know God has called you to live, you're not pursuing holiness, you're not seeking after God, it's always about you. You've made yourself as an idol. That's what an idol does. Attention draws to an idol. Away from God and to an idol. Do you distract people to get attention to you? Do you do things so that people can see you? Or are you living for Jesus? Do you want people to see Jesus in you? Do you want people to see Christ? Because nobody will be saved looking at you. So, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to call me. And we'll talk about it. And uh, I'll pray with you. And uh, any questions you have, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to answer Praise God. All right. So we'll see cupcakes. <laughs> I want some cupcakes. My wife makes a bomb cupcakes too. All right. Let me close in prayer um, so, that we, and so that we can go ahead and just enjoy a little bit of fellowship. We'll, we'll enjoy Gabby's birthday. All right. So when you guys see Gabby, Gabriel, all right, if y'all don't know who he is, then you're not going to be able to do this. But if you do know who he is, say hi to him. Tell him, look, man, thank you so much. I'm glad God gave you another day because I had some good cupcakes on Wednesday on behalf of your birthday. And you run